Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a quick little song bit from Honey Flux Hourglass. Enjoy. I hope everyone's all right out there in non-internet land, and I hope everyone's having a nice evening. Tonight, I've got Joe Edwards with me. Hello, Joe. How's it going? Hey, Ben. I'm good. Thanks. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Just a quick peek behind the curtain. We're nearly an hour late, and it's entirely my fault. I'm very, very sorry, Joe, and I promise it won't happen again. (laughs) That's fine, um, man. <laughs> That's no trouble at all. I um realized when we me and my girlfriend were walking down the seafront that we hadn't actually sorted dinner out. So I've just launched a McDonald's down my face as fast as physically possible, which is never good. <laughs> um I'm fairly sure I've just broken a world record. But I digress. So <laughs> first question I always ask everyone, Joe, is how has COVID been for you and how drastically has it affected your life? um yeah i guess i guess i'm sure a lot of people can say that covid for me has been uh well shit in a lot of ways but yeah like there's been other things that in my life that i've been able to pick up and work on um in my spare time which has been really cool yeah i well my job is in is in composing and working with like a lot of theater and circus companies so because those are purely live um, life based, you know, my industry just died overnight, and yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. work for a long time. Yeah. Um, so that was that was pretty boring, but it meant that I could focus on the band that I'm in at the moment and kind of work on a lot on a lot of stuff with that, and just kind of build it up online a bit, so yeah. that when we come out of COVID, as we've done, we can yeah. hit the ground running a bit and play some shows yeah. and have a little bit of a following to support us when that happens. Yeah, the bit of preparation time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time to prep, that's for sure. To prep and be kind yeah. of creative. Yeah. I find a lot of bands sort of burst out the gates quite quickly and then they end up touring for like 10 months straight and they get quite burnt out. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that yourself, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shields was on the road all the time. Like, I remember there was a point in our lives where before we started touring lots, it was just shows every weekend and um yeah. and that was the norm you know we'd like work and study we were quite young at the time so we'd work and study in the week and then we'd yeah. gig at the weekends and then we were touring so we we're more or less touring every month uh when we started touring yeah um and yeah i've totally experienced burning out on the road you know after like yeah. six weeks of being out and you just you're fucked <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah yeah i um did an episode with larry a while back yeah, um, I took a listen to that. It was nice, yeah. to, uh, nice to hear Larry talk. <laughs> yeah, he's lovely, bless him. He, he was like, oh, I'm not a very interesting person, but I'll try my best to be a, you know, I'll try my best for the episode sort of thing. And I don't think he really um, needed to try, to be honest. He's quite an interesting person. He's got a lot of facets to him. Larry has got some yeah, really yeah. interesting things to say. He's a really good yeah. person. i got a lot of time for that guy. So it was an interesting yeah. episode. I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um. So just a little bit of background on you. Um, 
is Shields your first proper sort of professional band or have you had a life pre? Um, I started touring before I was in Shields, actually. I started touring when I was 17 with a pop-punk band I was in that didn't really go very far, but, I mean, it took us on the road, and that was really fun. Um, yeah. We were called City Surrender, and I joined meeting these guys at the music college I was at. I didn't go and study A-levels. I just did music instead. Yeah. So um, 16, 17, me met these guys who wanted a guitarist, and I just kind of... <laughs> I just guess I was like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do that. I don't know why, but um, mm. I'll give it a go. So then we started playing a lot of shows around London and doing some recordings in studios and then eventually touring. Yeah. Um, and then I more or less left that band to do Shields. Yeah. And then that became, um, you know, my main focus for seven, eight years um, mm. before we eventually broke up. But whilst that is the kind of side of my life that I've been in in bands, I've yeah. always done music and I guess music has been a huge part of me since I kind of, since I knew how to respond to it really. Yeah. Yeah. I so totally get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started really early and then evolved into totally being in band. So after, um, you know, listening to Led Zeppelin at like seven years old and yeah. I used to do stuff like sell tickets to my family to come and see me air guitar to Stairway to Heaven in my living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it yeah um when i first met you it was in shields and i genuinely had no idea that you played guitar <laughs> yeah yeah guitar's my main instrument <laughs> yeah you're too busy getting mental on stage with your vest i remember yeah, you always wore the same vest you either had like a constant washing machine full of them or um yeah i can't remember what it said on it but it kind of looked like the um sort of film poster for paranormal activity Oh yeah, it was Canvas's Worry T-shirt. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was one T-shirt. That I still, I think I threw it out actually. <laughs> but that T-shirt was a fucking stink hole, mate. Like <laughs> that thing was bad. It was, it was like almost a competition to see how bad it got on tour until it completely <laughs> broke. Yeah. Yeah, it, man. It was, it was like vinegar. It was like apple cider vinegar. That thing it was Love not that. good. I'm pretty sure there was yeah, stuff yeah. living in it. <laughs> nice so <laughs> just on that quickly how how did you find going from guitar to just vocals and now obviously you're back on guitar and vocals um i really liked it i mean i love performing yeah uh, you know like i said performing was just something that i was really eager to do from a really young age and I was I was always in like a frontman kind of position when I performed. It felt right for me to be there, and I've yeah. never been that. I've never been like a really extroverted kind of popular dude, but being on stage meant I could, yeah. I could be someone that I felt like, um, like I felt like was always there, but couldn't be there in social situations. It was like a part of myself that was most comfortable coming out on stage, which ultimately yeah, meant yeah. like I could be, my, you know, my most honest self and express myself most honestly which is which is what i often don't feel like i can do in conversations yeah um mm. so so i guess going from guitar to being vocals sam started off as the vocalist we we're like 15 or 14 when we started yeah. me and sam have been playing together since we were like 11 years old when we met and from there we played like queens of the stone age covers and like nirvana and stuff like that yeah and um sam started off as the vocalist when we were still just developing whatever band was going to become yeah. a band. Um, and then at one point, I think 
Sam wanted to do guitar, and I was like, hey, I can try vocals. And yeah. so that was it. I think from there onwards, we just started to solidify more as musicians, and we knew what we wanted in a band, um, and that yeah. became Shields. So there we were at the start of Shields with Sam on guitar and clean vocals and me on shouting. Yeah, I think when you start out, you're a lot more adaptable, and then you realise like what your sort of calling is and how you can get your voice out the best. Like I played bass for ten years. I actually started singing at, at the very, very beginning because there was a school band, all my mates mm. from school, um, and they found a guitarist, a bassist, and a drummer straight away. So that was very much the only vacancy for me, and I was yeah. awful. Um, but yeah, that sort of feeling on stage of like, this is where I belong. I know exactly what you mean by that. It's yeah. a nice feeling. It was always, music was always a really safe space for me. Um, yeah. It was always just the, the thing that I felt like I've been most connected mm. to in, if you like, consistently through this life as, it, you know, as, a, as an external kind of yeah um, activity mm. that I internalize and I, I think about all the time. Yeah. It, it's been there in like the worst parts of my life consistently and has always yeah. made me um it's always given me like a bit more strength to persist with like difficult situations um, yeah okay yeah yeah it usually transpires that there's lots of music happening around like difficult times so yeah yeah it's always on the go isn't it like i don't think even covid stopped it because people were releasing albums and bands were streaming and stuff in the house yeah all of a sudden through covid there was so much more you could do uh well yeah, there's less you could do but those things you didn't really think of doing before yeah yeah that sort of creative outlet of like right how can i change this so that i can still perform from my front room yeah you had yeah. some really interesting ways around it like honey mm. flux decided we were like okay how can we do this that isn't mm. just like oh singing in front of a phone camera and live streaming that so i um i had all the members record their parts and film themselves doing that to a click track and a backing track that i made of me doing my parts yeah so that when they recorded i was able to just use that same click track and put it in my ears and project them behind me onto a screen Cool. And then put some mics on me and my equipment and put that through the DAW I was using, which then went to the streaming software and out to the world. And that was pretty epic. That was a pretty fun way of kind of figuring out how to not yeah. be shit. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, how have you found being a producer and an artist at once is that a bit overwhelming sometimes or do you actually enjoy being in control of those things at once no i love it i love yeah. i love all of that you know being an artist yeah. to me is like um it, it kind of like falls under the same bracket of being a producer in some ways because i can get really creative with it and sometimes things don't work but then i learn from it so i see the production side of things as much as the art as um, yeah. as the writing yeah i always really liked recording because you're you're building a house in a way. And I like the idea of like going into a studio without a foundation. And then you slowly start putting the windows and the doors on. And then you come out at the end of the day with a fully fledged song. Obviously there's always opportunities to go back to it and to sort of polish it or to add another layer of guitar or actually the drums sound terrible and let's, let's redo it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I always preferred that over playing live. 
and I think that's oh, yeah. just because I like the physical product. Yeah, like something you can mm. you can show, you can hold on to. It's like a thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. frozen in time. Like it's always going to be on Spotify or whatever, you know, nowadays. Or it's going to be a CD that you can hold. Yeah, yeah. It's like a your piece of art that you've created. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, something really so, magical about that. So Honey Flux is obviously your main band at the moment. Yeah, that's how, my that's my current baby. How long has that been actually ongoing? I guess I had ideas for it for quite a long time. I was doing my solo stuff a bit after Shields ended and like yeah. soon before it ended. So I was rolling with that for a bit and just realized I was getting understimulated by it. And I was always trying to push for a band behind me, um, mm. which is really a lot more difficult than actually having a band. Being a solo artist and trying to have players that you just bring in for some gigs is um, means you're bringing in players that, although they might really like your stuff and are really good, they're not part of the process. They're not dedicated like you are, like yeah. you are with a band. That, that's, a, that's like a tribe. Mm. So, um, yeah, doing these solo gigs was great, and it, it really served a purpose for me at a time. But when I came to Newcastle and lived here, I was like, right, I want to get a band together. I miss being with a band. And uh, just, you know, started to network and meet over the next 12 months or so. And, uh, and then once I finally got a bit of an arrangement together, COVID hit. So that's when we started just developing <laughs> it, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. There's nothing that virus hasn't fucked up, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, but I think you what, though, it go. gave us a really good opportunity to just yeah. write and just write fucking shit loads of songs and then choose the best yeah. out of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's always nice to have more than what you actually need. Otherwise, you yeah. end up just having the same set list for two years straight. Oh, yeah. I'm not about that. We're always changing stuff in Honey Flux. We're, we're mm. super, like, a collaborative kind of... We're really That's focused cool. on being live. So we yeah. we'll all record live together if we can. Mm. Um, we record as cool. much live as we can at any point. We've just done some uh, sessions that uh, I'm currently mixing right now that are totally live. And you just get yeah. all the energy from it. So yeah, um, to have that kind of collaborative... Mm pushing the band is pretty pretty amazing yeah i um listened to tear us apart earlier um i need to listen to hourglass all the way through um but yeah i can sense that sort of obviously i'm not trying to compare every band you've been in obviously i only know that you've been in shields past but it's a bit different to shields <laughs> it's a lot brighter and a lot more sort of positive and i got a bit of a ben howard vibe from it it's really interesting. I never hear that, but a few people have said that. that. A lot of people say to me, my sort of, the bands that I draw sort of common ground, they're like, I've never, ever heard that comparison in my entire life. So um, I'm kind of offended, but complimented. <laughs> at the point. But I just offended you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. But yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds really... um sort of upbeat and uplifting thanks man i really like i like i like good vibes um mm. i like i like vibes that make you want to dance and obviously yeah. like there's different kind of dancing with shields but it was yeah, that yeah. made you want to do something mm. in reaction to the band and that's exactly what i want to um create in anything i do is is you know a really honest strong feeling that you get yeah. from being there in the room with us and feeling us all play together mm. And it was like yeah, that with Shields, like that doesn't change really. It's just the kind of template of what the band is that's changed. 
I'd love to hop up at some point and um, check you out. Uh, do you play, obviously, with COVID, who knows what the fuck's going on, but do you tend to play near Newcastle or do you tend to venture down towards like Southampton, Bristol, anything like that? Um, we're talking about getting a string of dates together to make it a little bit more financially viable. Yeah. Um, and on those string of dates, Bristol is a place we want to be at. And Southampton wasn't one we'd talked about, but yeah, I'd love to be anywhere we can that isn't um just the same place we played newcastle a few times and the crowd is great you know we've got a lot of friends yeah. who are coming that's to good. shows and like some people who have picked up our music on uh spotify off some from uh, the pr campaign we just had so mm. it's uh nice to see a little following start to generate in our hometown yeah. and it's gonna be really cool to get out and start playing in new cities yeah yeah nice um your pr campaign was that self sort of independent or was that picked up by someone no we went through a, a company who uh we're good friends with called rebel rose and they're a pr company in the northeast here with uh run by a couple of people who are just some of the nicest people i've ever had the pleasure of meeting so it yeah. works really well you know they really like the music and we really get along well so we have a really good line of communication and it meant that um the things that they needed from us they were easily able to obtain and it yeah. meant that the PR campaign had a lot of uh, good reception and went to a bunch of really cool countries, got loads of radio play from different radio stations in the UK and like some American and some Brazilian. It was really weird. Got some French radio, yeah, Spanish, yeah, yeah. Portuguese. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been cool. Definitely boosted <laughs> us as a band. Yeah, that's awesome. Just on a side note from the countries, I um, checked the analytics of this podcast and someone from switzerland is listening to this oh yeah which is like how the hell does that even happen like <laughs> i'm happy i'm grateful you know if you are listening to this right now shout out to whoever you are but um, <laughs> i just don't know how it gets to that stage of like traveling the world and people actually bothering to listen to some guy from the uk talk to some mates it's weird isn't it yeah, I don't know. The, the way kind of stuff gets around the internet still boggles me. You know, like, oh, yeah. this person has watched your video and they're in Baghdad. You're like, okay, oh, cool. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, just on the whole internet thing, do you find nowadays that it's a lot harder to... Do you feel that you have to be on your device a lot more now to be able to sort of compete with the other bands and the other artists? I, I guess I mean I'm I'm fucking crap at you know <laughs> social media I I don't avoid it but I just don't know what to do with it it's yeah. just like this thing that exists and everyone's much more clued into it than I am and I don't, I'm not really bothered about like showing my people bits of my life like oh I just got a fucking smoothie look at that yeah, smoothie yeah, yeah. look at the smoothie that I'm just yeah. about to fucking eat and he's like I don't care yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't care about that whatsoever. Yeah. So when it comes to like social media stuff, it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, I posted like about like my anniversary with my fiance or I posted about, about mostly about my band. And then I'm posting more on my band social medias than I am on mine anyway. So, so social media for yeah. me is like, I'll do it every couple of days and I'll scroll through it more than that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, for me, like social media is just kind of like for discovering stuff about guitar pedals and posting about my band. <laughs> yeah. If I can't smell or taste your smoothie, I don't really care about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I want it. 
<laughs> I want your fucking it. smoothie. I don't want to see it on a, on my phone. Like, like I could literally put up a picture mm. of the place you've got it from and look at the smoothies they've got. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, people are so yeah, yeah. self indulgent when it comes to oh yeah, look what I'm doing. It's um, it's it's it makes me not want to post like that because I just don't. Yeah, I don't have any connection with it. It um, doesn't make any sense to me. This is a bit um, what's the word? Pot kettle black, but. I've just noticed like recently on social media and like the last sort of three or four weeks, just how everyone has to have an opinion on everything. It's just like, everyone's just like super happy on cloud nine or they're super down in the dumps and they feel the need to like perpetually update their Facebook status. Social and it's media. Like, oh, just, yeah. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. Um, please finish your point. I was just cutting straight across you. No, that's all right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, the post office is closed today. Like, <laughs> frowning face. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you saying? Like, it's a place where everyone can talk, but no one says anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, social media is like the diary of, of the modern age. Mm. You know, you, you, you post about your day on social media and you post about stuff that happens and maybe when you get sad, you do a post that's blocked from someone who can't see it or something yeah. like that. And um, I think I think this social media acts as a diary for people. It's it's like a, a diary that people react to and you get a, a reaction from. And if you don't like the reaction, you can just cancel that out. You're, you yeah. can leave that out of your life, just like a diary. If, if you write yeah. it in there and don't show anyone, then... Um, mm then it feels better to do it. But the thing about actualizing stuff yeah. by writing it down on paper yeah. and um, posting stuff on social media is that, um, like I said, you actualize it. It's a real thing. You can hold it. It's just like it's just like how you made like, made some CDs and then you could hold that. So you're, it's your thing. Social media yeah. just sends it out into a place that has no meaning and doesn't exist. And it's, it's yeah. soulless. So mm. th this thing does just, just kind of takes from you but gives you this dopamine hit when someone likes your post. And uh, yeah. I, th I think the thing about that is that like people are using it like a diary. It feels like a diary at the mm. time, but what you get back from it isn't what a diary would give you. It's not writing a song. It's not making a, not playing a show. It's it's just taking yeah. it from you. Every time you say the word diary, I think of like this girl's like notepad that's got like a sort of heart shaped padlock. <laughs> and yeah, like the difference between that and social media is that's meant to be like private as in like for my eyes only right whereas facebook instagram twitter is the complete opposite of that it's this is my opinion on this subject for everyone to look at and it's like leaving the diary page open do you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i do i do yeah. know what i mean mm. i mean I, i'm saying all this stuff it's i guess i see it quite negatively but I also yeah. gotta approach it from the angle that some people they they do benefit more than I do from this stuff. You know, posting for them and getting answers and stuff like that. It it does work better for some people than it does for me, and I can't knock that. Um, I think it's definitely like yeah. a valid thing to say when I when I'm just kind of viewing it from my point of view. Yeah, but uh, I mean that's just my opinion. That's how I feel about it. You know, of course, it's just that kind of diary theory. It's a tool, isn't it? It's fucking useful. Social media is a yeah. great tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not to be like, you don't need to get consumed by it the way some people do. Yeah. And I think mm. it, this last, you know, 20 months yeah. has been a place where people have 
only been able to be consumed by it because there's not much else yeah. they can do with it. So I guess that's why um, mm. I, I bring up the point that it's it's probably been really, really useful for a lot of people in, in that yeah, they feel connected. You know, they've got, got people they can talk yeah. to in there. It's definitely helped people keep up to date on what's going on in the world and it's broken those borders down that, you know, pre-technology, we wouldn't know what Paris was up to. We wouldn't know that Russia's just gone into a state of emergency, stuff like that. But um, I, I like chatting to my mum on Facebook Live and I, I'll chat to her in person and I'll phone her. Mm. But I suppose it's about options, isn't it? It's about sort of, oh, right, I can actually see my mum whilst I'm talking to her rather than just hearing her voice and absolutely her breathing down the microphone <laughs> yeah. i guess the angle i'm approaching it from is posting more than it is you know actually yeah. just talking on a mm. messenger and stuff like that yeah. but uh again you know it's very useful for lots of things and yeah. for some people what i don't find in it what i don't like about it they do find it and they will like it yeah definitely yeah well there we go so we're already on 24 minutes so I'm going to send you a new link in a second, Joe. Lovely. Uh, got a couple of shout outs, but we're quickly just going to go to a grind advert and we'll be right back. Okay. Sounds good. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and do I. Check out their website, which is www grindlimited which is ltd uk.com that's www.grindlimituk.com i've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very very comfortable to wear the base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is Absolute Bedlam Podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then, back to it. Just to let you know that Grind are currently doing a 25% off everything on their store with my affiliate code, which is Bedlam2021. So that's B-E-D-L-A-M for mother, 2021, which is the year that we live in. Bedlam 2021 at checkout for 25% off all products grind. Back to the episode. Welcome back. Hey, man. Hey. So I've just got two quickly on the fly little things I want to mention. Obviously, <laughs> the, grind, the grind adverts just played, so that's all good. Um, so I was at the Bournemouth Air Show this weekend, and it was awesome. I had a really good time there. Um, and I said to one of the people at the stalls that I'd give them a quick shout out. So there's a charity called Lewis Manning Hospice Care, and they're doing a firewalk in Bournemouth on Bournemouth Beach on the 17th of September, which is 6:30 p.m. till 9 p.m. And more information for that, if you're interested, is 
website is lewis-manning.org.uk. So if anyone wants to sign up for that, then uh, feel free. And um, yeah, have a look. The um, second thing I wanted to mention is my girlfriend runs a wax melt company um, and she's gearing up for Halloween, um, as we all are. But obviously she's doing Halloween scented wax melts. So her website is www.madeshore, which is S-H-O-R-E dot bigcartel.com. Um, and if you use the code M20, then you'll get 20% off of your total order at checkout. So that's www.madeshore.bigcartel.com. And that's Bedlam20. If you flood her inbox, then she will probably give me some money. But just by me saying that, I'm probably going to get a slap. So just that point. Anyway, let's get back to Joe. So, Joe, I've got a couple of questions that I ask everyone, if that's all right, to proceed. Yeah, shoot. So, obviously, we've mentioned Honey Flux. Um, you get two singles out on Spotify and all that sort of stuff. So, you've mm -hmm. got Terrace Apart and you've got Hourglass. Um, just outside of the music sphere for a second, we're going to talk about films. I love films. What is your favourite film ever? <laughs> I gotta pick one. Okay, um, you can pick three if it's really like three. obviously thrown you right in on that. I mean, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I think mm. they're awesome. I think they're well, well good, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, but I, I mean, for real, I think I think they're just brilliantly made. Um, I, What's your favorite one? It, it might actually be. Children? Oof. This this will okay. So I have to pick one of those films. My one of my three. I'm gonna go with that. One. I mean, I might go with. Well, they all have really good different things about them. Yeah. It's, it's one of the first two. I couldn't say which. Two Towers. It's got to be Two Towers. The music in that one's the best, I think. The music and the scenery Helm, in, the, in that, that, in that one deep. in particular is, is amazing. That Helm's Deep battle is ridiculous. Yeah, you know they were recording those scenes for months. Like Those Helm's Deep scenes went on for ages. They were digital. I didn't know that, but yeah. I know that they recorded the movies basically one after another didn't they yeah it took them six years that's mad isn't it years. six um, years of someone's life it's crazy but it's paid off like it was so yeah. early this time and it's just been like inf influenced films that are coming up today still 100%. 20 years later christ 20 yeah. years 20 years it's 20 years man i remember seeing it in cinema yeah <laughs> jesus that was eight when yeah. i first went that was pretty cool there we go um, other films I like The Big Lebowski, definitely yep. up there. Yeah, Coen Brothers, fucking great. I love the Coen Brothers. Um, uh, I saw a uh, great David Lynch film called uh, Blue Velvet for the first time in lockdown, and, and that was that was pretty incredible. I don't know. I think I'd ever see it again, but that might be in the top three. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? Um, it's really complicated. Like most David Lynch films, this guy like gets mixed up with this woman who's mixed up with some bad guys and it's really cryptic. It takes a lot of digging into, like again, a lot of David Lynch films does, but it's just um, really weird, quite abstract in some bits. And I quite like that about films. I quite like having to work out 
a lot of what's yeah. going on behind the scenes and developing my own interpretations yeah. of it. Like, I yeah. think a piece of really good art is going to leave you, um, it's going to leave the door open for you to interpret it in your own way. And then you can go and like research about what it's about. But I think for you yeah, to yeah. have a really strong opinion about a film or a piece of work is uh, important. And if it's not good, it won't let you do that. Yeah, it needs to leave you wanting more. Yeah. Not, not enough that it doesn't tie up any loose ends. <laughs> yeah, you want it to have a bit of a sort of like one that springs out to me right now is Inception. Yeah, that's a cool film. Right. You don't know if you're in the dream world or the real world at the end where the spinny top doesn't fall. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. I saw that new Christopher Nolan film in the cinemas last year. I oh, felt like, it, yeah, it was like Christopher Nolan did a great big fat line of Christopher Nolan. And yeah, it was man. just like too yeah. much Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I really struggled to keep up with that because it was all just a bit sort of right now they're going in reverse now something else has happened in the same timeline. Yeah, he wheeled out Michael Caine for the old yeah. Michael Caine cameo. It was like, man, yeah, yeah this, is, this is, I've had enough. <laughs> Love it. Wow, there we go. Top three, nice one. Um, video games. There's just one for me. Go just on one. then. Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's the only game I own. <laughs> All right. The only game I play. <laughs> there we go. Sorted. Yeah. Yeah. What um what introduced you to games as a kid? What was like your first foray into the world of eight bit world? Um, I didn't I didn't have games as a kid. I didn't no. I didn't really have TV. I didn't have internet. My parents were they're artists and they were pretty adamant on like keeping them. I won a PS two at a fair Ooh. and they were like, nope, we can't have it in the house. <laughs> Like the TVs we had were pretty bad up to a certain point and the internet didn't come till in my early teens. My yeah. dad had it, but like in his office upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't really in to games that much. You know, I, I yeah. did music instead. That was my entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what's the next thing? So I want to try and do a band of the month. Um which is going to kind of give a band some exposure. It's probably going to be sort of up and coming bands. There might be times where I give a shout out to Black Sabbath, but <laughs> not really sure if uh, Tony Iommi is going to be listening to this. But um, man himself. There we go. So my first band that I want to give a shout out to is actually Honey Flux. That's very kind of you. Thanks very much. Always. It's all good. Um, yeah, feel free to check them out. Um, from what I've heard, it's, <laughs> it's really good. Um, and hopefully we'll get some more recordings soon, eh, Joe? Yeah, well, a new single is on the very distant horizon. We're just, hey. uh, yeah, well, I'm just waiting for the master back from it now. And then from that get-go, the PR campaign starts. There we go. So, so it's all happening behind closed doors. And, I mean, we've got, we've got like three songs ready to go, um, pretty much, cool. plus, plus more that we've recorded. Like I said, we've been doing a lot of recording. We, we try and have as much to release um we have to try and have more than we need at all times really we're quite productive yeah. like that yeah so i'm still trying to figure out the whole band of the month what it actually means i'll probably just post quite a lot of stuff on my story um so obviously joe if you have anything of news then feel free to send it over via dm and i'll um screenshot it and send it over to the the masses absolutely I think I'm on 240 followers 
Nice. So, <laughs> see what we can do, mate. But yeah, just wanted to quickly get that out. Um, what else do I usually ask? So I have a feeling that you have some sort of paranormal story. And that's just me guessing, because I don't know you too much as a person. But that's a question that I haven't asked in a while. So do you have any paranormal experiences that you would like to share with us? Um, I think I do. My, my fiance Hannah's like really yeah. into that kind of stuff and has had loads and loads of really crazy experiences. We do have this basement in my house that we don't really go down into. And it's because you can't walk standing upright inside of it. It's about three feet high and the ground is just soil. So we moved yeah. into this house about two years ago and we were like, oh, a basement. That's cool. Let's go and look inside the basement. And inside was, well, soil on the floor, you know, the, the foundations. And it was like there was different rooms in there, but obviously they're just like three feet high. But the weirdest yeah. thing is that um, there were these mirrors that were like half buried into the soil, leaning against the right. walls. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, every time we go down in there, I, sh I, 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 I am telling the truth. Weird stuff happens in the house. There we go. Knew it. And yeah, I like you it. get, you get <laughs> like people, if you're on the phone, you'll get like weird voices coming through. That's happened. Um, oh, sometimes there's been like taps turned on. Um, right. It's like really sparse. It's not like paranormal activity or nuke top five or anything like that, but it's, it's, um, it is interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there we go. That would bug me if I lived in that house. Like, do you find it sort of, I don't want to sound mental, but <laughs> do you find it calls you? Do you have moments of intrigue where you're like, no, I want to try that again? Or are you just like, that's not right. I'm going to completely ignore it and continue to live my life. I uh, don't ignore it, but I don't poke the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just leave it be. If if there's something there, I'm just gonna exist with it. If there's not, and I'm just yeah. things just happen to happen like that, then you know whatever. That's just life. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just don't don't provoke any yeah, anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, I think paranormal experiences are a bit like cooking. You can add too much, but you can never take away. <laughs> if you do a Ouija board and it goes to hell, then um, you're probably going to have a six foot demon by the side of your bed for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, you don't want to get fucked by that demon. That's no fun. Don't mess with Ouija boards, kids. <laughs> no, I've seen enough. It's, it's just, you, me and my partner watch these uh, YouTube videos of paranormal sightings and stuff like that. And oh, yeah, one, cool. yeah uh, Nuke Stop Five is a regular for us. So I've seen enough of those to know not to do Ouija boards ever. Yeah. I don't want to get a demon following me home and just like taking my soul. <laughs> yeah, man. There's um a YouTube channel that I've been watching with my girlfriend now and then called Sam and Colby. And they yeah. are massive. Like they're on like six and a half million subscribers. Holy shit. And I don't know if what they do is legit anymore because they are constantly uploading, but they went to the conjuring house a couple of months back where they actually filmed the conjuring film and the house is actually haunted and um they go into this like basement area like what you're describing and 
I honestly can't tell if it's real or not, but they seem to have this like full on conversation with Beazel Bub or whatever his name is. Yeah. Which is the devil, basically. But their reactions do look very convincing. So they're either very, very good actors or it's 100% real. And I don't know. YouTube's a bit of a weird place with that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, there's some things that are really obviously fakes. I mean, the thing is, you, they could all be fake, but you're yeah. never really going to know. And you can make your mind up for yourself. I think That's it's good. easier to make your mind up for yourself if, if, in one direction, if you've had a paranormal experience. But it's also really easy to just dismiss. It's nice yeah. just not know. It's nice just to kind of go, well, I don't know the answers of the fucking universe. Yeah. So I'm not going to pretend. And yeah, it's, there it is. <laughs> And it's not my job to find out either. Yeah, right. I can't put the world to rights. You know, but yeah. Leave it up to those guys talking to Beelzebub. Okay, that's it. They can crack on. They, <laughs> they can cover for me. Yeah. Um, another question I haven't asked in a while, Joe, is what's your fun funniest memory at school? Or do you have any like, random <laughs> sort of dodgy anecdotes of supply teachers having mental breakdowns? Um I don't know. I don't think mental breakdowns are that funny. Mm. <laughs> so no, I don't have any of those. Um, I had a, there's a really funny, oh, who was it? I'm trying to think it was me or Sam. Obviously we went to school together. That's how we met each other. Um, oh, geez. Thinking back. That's so weird. I had a dream about my school. I went to with Sam last night. It's so weird that you asked. Oh, wow. School. Uh um, really vivid dream about me like waking up in my dressing gown and trying to find my way around it's bizarre that's yeah. so irrelevant to what what's going on in this question though um what the fuck happened i think it was either me or sam it was like the last rounders game like some kind of celebrity uh celebratory rounders game in school for our year before we left and we went to different colleges and stuff yeah and obviously you got the people behind the batters waiting to bat and the guy in front was just like, what did he do? It was either me or Sam, you know, just pulled down his pants when he was trying to swing the swing the bat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that was funnier in my in my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell did we do? I remember it being really funny. It was really like, those are really like bizarre things we did because we just bored kids. But um, mm. I can't remember her name, but I remember my um, religious education teacher just completely losing it with us because we couldn't stop clicking pens every time she turned to face the whiteboard. So she was like, you know, this is what Buddhists think reincarnation is. And she'll like turn around and start writing on the whiteboard. And literally the second she turned around and t like full disclaimer, this wasn't me, but I found as a kid, I was quite easily led. Mm hmm. And I started obviously joining in because, you know, if you don't join in at a, at a school, you become the outlier. And kids at school are brutal, man. Like, I remember, like, people taking the mick out of me because I had a haircut. Like, th literally anything's fair game, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's like so, um, anything that yeah. makes someone feel that they have a stance. Really. You're just trying yeah, to yeah, find your way. Yeah. But if you're trying to find your way as a kid, you do things to other kids that you don't realise. You're not old enough to realise how much it hurts until after yeah, you yeah. I guess school's kind of for that. That's why kids are mm. getting educated together. It's not just to have an education, it's to learn about social standards. 
yeah about yourself socially i guess yeah it's very kids are hard man kids are really mean mm. it's very sort of shoot now ask questions later isn't it yeah like, but that, that's why teachers have to be hard you gotta show kids that the, what they've done is wrong and you gotta tell them you gotta let them know that i don't need a name from you but do you remember a teacher or a couple of teachers that were really really good at their job yeah yeah i had a I'm uh I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was about 13 years old um and then like professionally diagnosed again when I was 18 um for like student finance reasons um yeah. and this one teacher well I mean I had a lot of teachers that just gave me shit for just not being mm. good as other kids you know I, I wasn't just bullied by kids in school I was bullied by my teachers really bad too yeah um like it's come up in therapy sessions it's, it was fucking horrible mm. and the one teacher that stood out was this one guy who was just like let's just give this guy a doodle book let's give this kid a doodle book because he just can't stop drawing and he seems to do better when he draws so they gave yeah. me this book that i was able to just draw like i used to recreate battle scenes in stick figure mode from lord of the rings <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that so it was like epic fucking pages of just yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of people doing things on this page little stickmen um and i used to sit there in class just doodling away and he was he was the guy that like gave me the opportunity to express myself creatively um yeah. in an academic situation and it did help you know it got me the yeah. got me the um grades to go to music school and to go to yeah. the schools that i but that then were also good for me as a dyslexic student yeah i think like as a teacher you're like subconsciously a gatekeeper for other people's futures and that's really powerful isn't it yeah, unbelievable. Um, I started oh, yeah. teaching with like the circus school in bits up in Newcastle and I realized, and I had loads of memories come back to me about how important some of the things teachers just said to me off the cusp were. Like, you know, some things that weren't nice and some things that were nice, but you forget how much those things stick with you for the rest yeah. of your life as a kid. And so from there, I was like, man, you're such a huge influence as someone that's like teaching kids. So anything you say can be interpreted as uh, a life lesson. Um, and you've got to like really keep in mind about that. And I think yeah. some teachers just don't realize it. And that's why they're mean. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's it. That that ability to enable someone and empower them rather than no, you need to sit down and shut up because I'm the teacher and you're the student, that sort of um, power sort of struggle, I suppose. But yeah, there we go. We've spent way too long on that one. Um, <laughs> let's quickly journey back to music. So, Joe, I want to know your top three or five albums of all time. Um, Grace by Jeff Buckley is one of them. Um, uh, Bleach by Nirvana is yeah. another one. Okay, so I've got those two. Um, a, um, Lost in the Dream by The War on Drugs yeah. The Harvest by Neil Young and Iowa by Slipknot Nice That's a very varied list I like that But I mean if I had any other honourable mentions I think Led Zeppelin 2 would be in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, What kind of sort of influences do Honey Flux grab out of that list well all of them i'd say yeah, yeah like uh we're super influenced by 
um, really well put together uh, guitar parts. Like we're, we're quite a guitar based band, I'd say. Um, yeah. Me and the guitarist do most of the writing. So for us, it's kind of like arranging stuff that isn't just the typical lead guitarist, rhythm guitarist kind of situation. Whereas Ollie is more lead guitarist than I am. We'll both play a lot of lines together and we like the fact that they can weave in out of each other. Like yeah. Um, yeah. two different vocal lines in a choir is, is, is a kind of common thread, I'd say. And so stuff, bands like Steely Dan really play a big part in the, the way we approach music. But um, uh, I, th I think as eras, where yeah. those albums that I listed came from is probably where we take our biggest influences. So, you know, the 70s, Steely Dan era, um, Neil Young, of course. Uh, Soundgarden is a huge influence on us because, you know, again, yeah. they're a guitar band that do this kind of really intricate guitar thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and The War on Drugs is another huge band because of the way they just sonically place their instruments. You know, they mix with their instruments as well as... Um, mm -hmm in arrangement so when you hear them live they sound massive it's just six of them yeah i'd have to give that a shout a, a spin at even oh, i yeah, um, great i ask people this question and i always want to sort of really like deep dive into one or two of them because i've heard of the war on drugs um obviously i'm a massive massive Soundgarden fan i absolutely love them and kim tal and what's his name the drummer uh, Matt Cameron. Mm -hmm. I don't know the drummer's name or the bassist's name, actually. <laughs> ben Shepard is the bassist, and Chris Bornell was obviously the singer. Yeah. And guitarist. I always forget that he played guitar in that band. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he was into his hollow bodies, wasn't he? He had a Gibson yeah, yeah. signature. I've got the most ridiculous picture of I'll tag you on Instagram in a bit. It's the most ridiculous picture of him playing this guitar. It's like proper bending the string to the point where it's nearly off the fretboard. <laughs> Love so it. cool. I love them. Yeah, they're awesome. I have occasionally I have like binge sessions of Chris Cornell. He's so good. He spans such a wide range of genres as well. His solo stuff was almost quite dancey sometimes. Oh yeah, I never I never really uh, invested much time in it. Yeah, he did a album. I think it's called Good Morning Euphoria. Mm. Something like that. I must and um, there was always this. Um, rumor i'm not sure if it's 100 percent true i learned it from rick beato from youtube yeah that guy's great he's awesome yeah. love him but apparently chris cornell would show up to a gig it would be like audio slave or Soundgarden or anything like that and he would have four bottles of water on stage and he would never ever open the water and he would just take those four bottles of water off the stage and take them to another show <laughs> <laughs> so they're like the most well-traveled bottles of water ever but I just love the idea of that being true. I don't know if it is true or not. But maybe Rick Beata is pretty good with like his sources. I've found he's, he's pretty informed. So maybe I'd like to think it was true based on how yeah, good same. he is at doing his research. That's it. Um, are there any bands that you want to give a shout out to before we go to another break? Um, well, my good friend Sam Kubrick has just started up his uh, solo project called Kubrick. Yep. Um, I've heard the, the songs he's been recording and they're just awesome. So I'd love to give a shout out to that. I can't wait to see the reaction that they get. I think, I think it's gonna be really well received. Um, who else is doing really cool stuff right now? Um, yeah, I was gonna keep it with Sam. I'm gonna give him the attention for this one because nice. he's worth yeah. it. There we go. You heard it here first. Go check that out.
So I'm going to go to an Archie Soul advert, all about male grooming. I think you'd like them, Joe, just as a side note. Check yeah. them out. I like my boss Harry, man. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. I love it. I'll send you the link anyway, because I earn some money from them. They're awesome. They do me well. Nice, good um, So, yeah, we'll come back in a sec, and we'll be talking about... Well, I've got some quick fire questions for you. Cool. Sounds great. We'll be talking about the future of Honey Flux. And of course, we'll be talking about meal deals. Oh, yeah. So stick around and I'll speak to you in a bit. See you then. Hey, guys. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Just an ad read from a new sponsor called Archie Soul Grooming. So we have archiesoul.com. They've currently got a bit of a sale on at the moment. Uh, basically, long story short, I've not really been looking after myself, uh, especially during lockdown and quarantine. I've always been sort of, I'll deal with it later, kind of person really, not really bothered about how I look. And I think now is a good time to change that, uh, especially with like the world opening back up and sort of everyone having massive beards and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so... Archie Soul have uh, beard oil, they have razors, old school sort of stuff, uh, power shower, uh, they sell loads and loads of products from loads and loads of places, they're from the UK um, and they recently sent me a box of stuff and it's just been breathtaking, it's been a completely new lease of life uh, in terms of like actually using proper soap and actually having an opportunity to sort of care about yourself and sort of give yourself a bit of a lease of life in the morning. Traditionally, I've always um, got up first thing in the morning, thrown some water on my face, said to myself, that will do, and sped off in my car at about 30 miles an hour. So time to change all that sort of stuff and to actually look after yourself and take some accountability, I suppose. So... um yeah, so get involved at archiesoul.com. I have an affiliate link with them, which is Bedlam2021. So that's going to give you 20% off. Companies like American Crew, Anthony. Duke Cannon, who are one of my favourites because they sell the biggest bars of soap I've ever seen in my life. Ace High, Monsieur Barbier, and Anthony. So they stock traditional razors and genuine leather bags for work and for play. And as always, with all of these great companies I work for, and promote for is their priority is an excellent customer experience and they will always go above and beyond for their customers and there is a guy at Archie Soul called Mark and he is one of the most responsive people I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with in terms of business uh, he's all about getting you what you want at the price that you can afford not going to break the bank like I say at the moment they've got a sale on so check them out at archiesoul.com. Tell them I sent you using Bedlam2021 as the discount code at checkout. And thank me later because you are not going to regret this, guys. Thank you very much and back to it. Welcome back. Hello. How's it going? You all right? 
good. Yeah, my wine is still there. And I'm what really <laughs> What wine you drinking? Um, it's some Italian wine. I didn't take a very good notice of what it was because um, a friend of mine was staying with us at the moment grabbed it whilst I was out. And I was yes. like, oh, I'm going to top up my wine. <laughs> and so um, it's quite nice. So it's wet wine. It's wine that is wet and it's red. Okay. And it's that's, yeah. that's all you need to know. So music. Just a couple more questions. What's yeah. the best gig that you've ever been to as a punter? Oh, oh, it's hard. A really hard question. It might be the war on drugs. Um, yeah. Might be. I was on mushrooms when I discovered them at a festival, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, "This band are fucking phenomenal." Yeah. Um. Holy shit! These guys are gods. Yeah. Man, this is amazing. I love this music. And um, also we're back and listened to them on recording, and they were just as, they held up just as good. So it might it yeah. might be that because that is a band that's totally reinvented the way I approach um, yeah. equipment and writing. So yeah, it actually it's actually taken me back to the stuff I started with, like Dylan. Actually, that's another honorable mention. Is Tank mm -hmm. uh, Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan? There we go. Important album, but it's taken me back to the stuff that I started with as a kid been brought up around music yeah so as a band that's just gone like forward and backwards and kept me in the present yeah maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it's the war on drugs at green man festival 2018 nice awesome what's <laughs> the best what's the best gig you've played as an artist um it's a good question maybe the shields album release show that was pretty phenomenal that was yeah pretty special um did larry say that as well did he say that i can't remember he said maybe something like that if he got asked the question anyway yeah, yeah not that, sure that gig was just like insane because we sold out the venue and we played a bunch of new tracks we haven't played before off the album and people came and were just um hitting the ceiling for the whole show and then we get yeah and Kilwin did a great encore and loads of crowd surfs all about the crowd surfs yeah loads of energy the show went really good. We had a great person on lights and sounds. Nothing went wrong. Amazing sports. It was just great. It was just mates and you know love mm. and energy and um, yeah. I think that might be the best. I mean, my favorite show that I've ever played. Yeah, where was that? It was at the Boston Music Rooms in Tufnell Park. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am um, still occasionally go on YouTube and check out your Coco gig. Oh, fuck, yeah. That um, was nuts. Yeah. Well, that was Escape the Fate, wasn't it? You supported? It was, yeah. It was the last day of the tour that we did with them. There you go. Can you tell that I'm a Shields fanboy? <laughs> I can now. <laughs> Love Shields, mate. <laughs> Life in Exile was an incredible album. Yeah, that album was like, it's got such a special place in my heart. That's, so, real, so much for that's a real go to when I go jogging. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I've gone back and listened to it, like, you know, after years of not playing it and hearing it. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm really proud of the stuff that we did. Yeah, I'm, it was I'm really fucking proud to have mm. been on that journey with, you know, best yeah. friend Sam and my two of my two people I consider brothers, three of them. In fact. But, um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, 
Shields was just such an important part of all of our lives and changed yeah. us in so many ways that I need to go. But there's no part of it that I regret in any single way. It was just something we did and we achieved with. And, um, yeah. It got further than I ever thought it would do. It got, it got it past, it past where we'd be and Sam wanted it to be when we started yeah. standing. Is it a case of don't be sad it's over, be glad it happened? Yeah. 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 I, I do get that from, like, obviously yourself and Larry. I'd love to get Sam on as a side note. Cool. Um, but he is not very good with technology and messaging people back. So uh, I have tried. <laughs> but I don't want to, like, spam him to the point where he's like, mate, I'm, like, never ever going to speak to you ever again, you know? But yeah, I have tried my best. But if you can work your magic, then that would be massively appreciated. But um, it's up to you. No, <laughs> it's up to Sam. There we go. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so yeah, Shield was a yeah. great thing that you did. Uh, what was your answer? What the question you asked Honestly, can't remember, mate. Um, best gig you've ever played? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really glad you liked back in Exile still. Yeah, go back to you. Sometimes I'm like, you know, people and like, that's you? You made that noise? That's it. That's it. Um, couple of quick fire questions. They're just this and that sort of questions. Baby bell or cheese string? Baby bell. Baby bell. Okay. Sleeping in a tent or sleeping in a caravan? As in, like a yeah. caravan, like a trailer, or a caravan, like a, like a motorhome. As in one that you can move up and down the country, not a static one. Caravan. Caravan. Okay. You don't feel is, is a Kinder Egg a chocolatey treat, or is it just a shell, like a vessel, that you use to get a substandard children's toy out of? It's a chocolate with a treat inside it. Do you like the chocolate? Mm, I think I did. I don't think I like it now. Yeah. What's the other one I've got? Bear with me. Sure. That's all I've got, actually. <laughs> There's another one, but I've not written it down. Um, what is your... What was your first sort of I'm out and over the COVID phase of the world? Like, what was the first thing that you realised that you could suddenly do again? Was it going out for dinner with some mates or going around someone's house or anything like that? Um, seeing my family. I live five hours yeah. away. I live in London. I live in Newcastle. Jesus. I could go to London and see my family. Mm. <laughs> there we see go. my nieces and my parents yeah. and my sister. And... I think that is it for the quick fire questions. All right, cool. So, what does the future look like for Honey Flux? Um, well, in the distant future, we have a gig coming on the 19th of September. It's our basis right here. Um, yeah. Playing at the head of steam. But uh, there's renovations going on there, so there could be some trouble with the when they actually open again. 
Uh, we yeah. have some other gigs that we're currently planning at the moment that are based around single releases. So, you know, we've got a bunch of singles that we're going to release. Some other content like video, some merch drops. Um, and we really want to get out on tour about this time next year if we can. So we're looking into that at the moment. Yeah. Sounds good. And then uh, yeah. I guess on that horizon is a longer release after that. We do really yeah. Awesome. Hey guys, just a quick ad read. Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contained double-walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award-winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam Podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one. Thanks to Ocean Bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own Ocean Blue one soon with my podcast logo front and centre. Anyway, back to the episode. Hello. So, what does the future of honey flux look like in terms of gigs yeah man so we got one coming up on the 19th of september it's our basic birthday it's a place called the head of steam in newcastle um so we're super stoked for that but we're just waiting to see what the situation is with the venue they've got renovations going on there and it may be that the gig is called off because the renovations are lasting longer than they said they were going to be bastards i know that's really cool hopefully not hopefully not we'll see where that goes but uh, we've got some gigs that we're planning around, some single releases, you know, release shows, stuff like that, some merch drops. And we've just moved into a new studio with a uh, another producer from Newcastle and a video producer. So we're going to be doing lots of stuff with those guys. Um, it's great. It's a great space. It's fully treated. It's got two live rooms. And it's got a control room. So we're just kind yeah. of in the process of fixing it up and making it good, yeah. <laughs> making yeah. it nice. Yeah, I always um I get the impression this is kind of like the last thoughts I suppose I get the impression with you that you're like really enthusiastic and really like excited for like the next step but you also don't want to rush it you want it to be like the right thing to be in that moment does that make sense I guess I guess it does yeah I think for me it's all about um yeah not rushing stuff and being aware of the steps ahead of you but mm. also allowing whatever step you're in to you uh, bring you exactly what that yeah um what that situation is presenting and to accept yeah. that as well I, th- I think always thinking about the next steps takes you away from the place that you're already in yeah the present if, yeah. if you're not present in that moment then you have no time to appreciate where you've come from, mm. what it is you're doing, mm. and then ultimately where is you going. So it's all about finding time to plan so that when you're in those moments, 
you're aware of them and you can yeah. work on them whilst you're there. Yeah, I think I needed to hear that because I'm in a bit of a sort of crossroads of a few things in my life at the moment. And um, you forget to stop and smell the roses. I might call this episode Stop and Smell the Roses of Joe Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> what you're saying is from experience of being in music for so long and being in so many bands and having so many opportunities that it's not the first time you've ever released a single. And sometimes that's like more important than having a degree. It's that sort of set your expectations, hit that milestone, right, now what's next? Not trying to fill up seven different buckets of water at once yeah yeah i think that um i'm probably guilty of filling up seven buckets of water at once also yeah. whilst, whilst saying these things too yeah okay um, yeah but it's it is really about appreciating the present um, yeah definitely accepting that as well you know yeah that way you give value to the hard work you put in and the hard work that the people around you put in as well you got to remember, yeah. it's just not yourself you're respecting. It's everyone else yeah. involved in what you're doing. Mm. No. There's a really good quote from a bassist, you'll probably know, Joe, called Victor Wooten. Yeah. I'd love to go to one of his camps at some point as a bassist and just, like, breathe that in and just go on a retreat. <laughs> and he says something really iconic that stayed with me this entire time, and I'm just pulling this out of the top of my head, but he says, it's not selfish if you involve other people. Mm-hmm. And it's all about sort of, I think he was kind of born into a band. So you could probably pull quite a lot of inspiration from him. Um, and it's just about sort of having a common goal and all of you marching as one rather than one person marching ahead. And all just having that vision and you're all pulling in the same direction. Yeah, there's something uh, really primary about that. That's why I like being in bands. Yeah. You have your tribe, you know, you have your pack. And yeah. you just all work towards something together. And if you're on the same page, then it's an incredible thing to be a part of. That's it. There we go. Fantastic. So you mentioned value a second ago. So we're now going to segue into Tesco value. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this goes. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> Joe, what is your go-to meal deal, my friend? Um, go-to. Always salt and vanilla crisps. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sparkling water. Oh, okay. All right. Sparkling water. I'm about that. You know, I'm not a massive like <laughs> sugary drinks kind of person. So, yeah. You know, I could have water from the tap. I could have water from the tap. So, what 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 can I get that's not from the tap? Sparkling water. <laughs> um, but the sandwich, maybe Plowman's. Plowman's is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Plowman's. Plowman's, salt and vinegar, sparkling water. Sainsbury's do a really good plowman's. They do something called ham, hock, and cheddar. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's like one of their like, deluxe sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah it's pretty good. I used to that's live like with those things when I was. Proper, like, I vote for conservative and I don't care what you think about me kind of sandwich. I love the one. I, I, I love the ones <laughs> with mustard and pickles. Anything with mustard and pickles, fucking. There we go. Yeah, about that. We'll have to um, set up Honey Flux of a P.O. box and we'll get loads of fans to send you mustard and pickles. Mate, I fucking love mustard and pickles. All about that. <laughs> there we go. We'll try and sort yeah. you out an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's the dream. 
Dijon hookup. There we go. So, do you have any questions for me, or do you have anything that you want to mention? Any gear that you use? Any companies that care about your journey? Um, or yours? I guess yeah. Gear that I'm using right now is I just bought a D'Angelico uh, XL Mini DC. They're a new New York-based um, guitar company. They're not new. That was just me starting New York and then finishing it by saying New York. They're a yeah. New York based guitar company and they make phenomenal instruments so what i got here is is basically like a it's like a smaller version of a 335 okay. and the thing is just an absolute fucking powerhouse of an instrument it does so many great things and you can get a huge amount of tones from it and it's really good for the pedal platform i have which is um like a massive pedal board with a buzz electronics uh, looper on it so i can create my own patches and my pedals you know just click one button and i've got a whole five pedals on it all at once that I need for like that one bit in the song. Yeah. Um, that goes into uh, two amps if we're in rehearsal, but one amp if we're playing live and it's uh, either Fender Hot Dog Deluxe or um, what I'm getting in, in the studio uh, is passed down to me by my father is a Fender Blues Deluxe in the seventies or it's my Vox AC 15 with a blue Alnico speaker in it. And um yeah, yeah, man, I love the Vox. I think it works great with the humbuckers in this guitar. It actually works better than the guitar I had before, which was a Fender Jagstang. The uh, it's uh, I modded it. It's the it's the one that Kurt Cobain designed, not his signature one, but it's his one where he blended the Mustang and the Jaguar together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I reset it up. I kind of like redid a lot of the stuff on the inside. We put we, we put some grounding in there because had twenty grounding in there. We um, took the control plate out and made the holes bigger for full-sized US CTS pots, which you know make the guitar um, tone last longer and sound better as well. There we go. And um, yeah, like I've used the Fender Jagstang with you know Fender amps more likely, and I'll I'll use the AC15 with the humbuckers and the D'Angelico because it's just it's fucking made for that shit, man. It's so good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um there we and go. yeah that's kind of that's kind of my rig that i'm running right now um i could literally do another whole podcast on <laughs> the detail about the rooting of the pedal board and more for my yeah. rig. so i won't i won't get too lost in it now because i I won't stop talking for another few hours <laughs> no, cool man i like a passionate gearhead now and then yeah i fucking love fucking love my gear yeah, <laughs> I, just, I spend a lot of my free time on youtube watching stuff about guitars and yeah and amps well Maybe one day you'll be on premierguitar.com and they'll do a rig rundown. If, if you know, if Premier Guitar ever hear this, hook me yeah. up. No, I'll do that. I'll spend a lot of time talking about awesome. Honey Flux's rig. <laughs> well, Joe, it's been lovely to talk to you. I'll leave you to it. And, and I wish you all the best for the future. And yeah. this will probably go up tomorrow morning now. Well, thanks and... for your time, man. I really appreciate no you having me on the show. It's been a, a pleasure chatting with you this evening. It's all good. Sorry about the technical issues. Hey, no trouble, man. I'll speak to you soon, dude. Have a great rest of your night. Catch Take you soon, care. man. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys. Um, I'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because I always forget. Please consider subscribing for weekly uploads. Um, sometimes I do two in one week. So yeah, please do uh, consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.